someone told me of your mercy and the love you shown on a hill called Calvary. There you died and purchased my redemption. When you broke sin's power and set my spirit free. James chapter number 5, we'll just read just a few verses this morning. I'm also going to go to the book of Joshua. James chapter number 5, verse number 7, it says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early... And latter rain. Now, verse number eight is really going to be where I'll draw my text from this morning. It says, Be ye also patient. 
He gave an example in verse number 7 about those that, that have patience. That farmer has to, he plants that seed. He has to wait for the rain. He has to wait for the wind. He has to wait for the sun. Everything has to be just right. They have to have patience. There are other instances where someone has to be patient. We were talking about people last night being put on the shelf. And there are times when God may place someone on a shelf, but it's not because they've lost their usefulness. It's because God wants to prove them. And God's waiting for that maturity to take place in their life. There's some some instances of patience. But now in verse number 8 it says, Be ye, be you also patient. Now here's where we're going to draw our text. Establish your hearts. This word establish it, it means to make firm your hearts. If you will, in today's English, it is to establish it, to build a footer and build upon. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Why should we make firm our hearts? Why should we have that good foundation? Why should we establish our hearts? Why is answered for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Now look over in the book of Joshua chapter number 24. We'll read this very familiar text. It says in verse number 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood. Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, we ask for your help today. We seek your presence and your filling today. God, we ask that you would give us the power to preach. Lord, not of our own selves, but of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask you that you would touch hearts and lives today. Lord, give us a clear direction of the way the message should go today. Father, we pray that you might convict those that need it. Challenge those that stand in need. Father, we pray that you would encourage us today. But Lord, we pray that everything that's said from this point on will be done for your honor and for your glory. God, we give you that glory and we give you that honor. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to preach on this thought, crossing the line. What has happened in Joshua chapter number 24 is what James mentioned in chapter number 5. In chapter number 5 of the book of James, he said that there are some, some things that you're going to have to be patient for. But I want you to understand that as you are being patient, as you are being groomed in maturity and being groomed in patience, you need to understand that the coming of the Lord is very soon. It is not something that's going to tarry. Matter of fact, Jesus says that He will not tarry. 
A lot of old timers used to say, if the Lord tarry is coming. And I believe what they meant, but I'm going to tell you uh, that the Lord is coming. As soon as God says, son, go get your bride, he is going to come. There are many Christians and there is many in the world. Uh, there are many, as was mentioned in Sunday school, uh, that are living a lie in church. And they're hoping that one day when it's convenient for them that they can make the choice to follow God. But I'm going to tell you today how that the coming of the Lord is nigh. It would be very good for you and I today uh, to cross this line, this visible line across the front of the church and find ourselves husbands and wives, fathers and mothers, uh, daughters and sons, grandparents, find themselves at this altar and say to the world and to the Lord, I am going to cross the line uh, for my God's sake and for my children's sake and for my very own soul's sake. Now Joshua said, uh, you may think it evil uh, to follow the Lord, but I'll tell you one thing, you need to decide if you're going to follow this God or this God, but he says before there's any question, as for me and as for my house, we will serve the Lord. He said we're not going to follow the gods of the Amorites. We're not going to follow the gods on the other side of the flood, but we will serve the Lord. Look at that spelling. That's talking about Jehovah. He did not want them to be confused about who he would serve. This morning, there's there's confusion in churches. There's confusion in the world. You think you can do certain things. We went to the Habitat for Humanity, the little global village there. And I'm not saying anything negative about Habitat for Humanity. Uh, but some would say, well, I helped out Habitat. I went and I helped build a house. Or I painted a house. Or I went on a mission trip and helped do this and helped do that. And they think that gets them high in good standings with the Lord, but not so. Not so. There are just as many humanitarian efforts by pagans and by uh, agnostics and atheists as there are people that are trying to do the will of God in their lives. So works will not get you to that place. There has to be a choice. There has to be a decision of what side of the line you're going to be on. You've heard the statement before, you've crossed a line. A lot of times it's used in a negative uh, connotation. You've crossed this line of respect. You've crossed this line of, of the law or what have you. And that, that's, that's perfectly fine, but it could be something you've said. It could be something that you've done. But I want you to know that there was a choice that you had to make. And Brother Jody, there is a choice for you and I to make today to step across the line. I can remember being done on the on the playground when I was a boy. We'd be out there and we'd draw a line in the sand, Sister Pat. And we'd say, okay, hey, everybody on this line is on this team. Everybody on the other is on the other team. And then we'd play football or we'd play this or we'd play that. And it was one side against another. And visually, as well as, as, well as spiritually, Brother John, uh, there is one side that belongs to God. There is another side that belongs to the world. And we need a purpose in our heart. We just came off a great meeting. But great meetings don't get you where you need to be in here. 
There has to be a decision in your heart today. You say, well, why in the world are you preaching this the Sunday after camp meeting? I think we're all pretty close to God. I do not know your heart. I've wanted to, Brother Kenny, I've wanted to preach this for three weeks. Never got clear leadership from the Lord. I wanted to preach it so bad, but I just kind of felt like, well, I'd be beating the people up if I preached it. And that's not my intention this morning. My intention this morning is for you to make a conscious effort and a conscious decision whether you're going to serve the God of this world or the God of money and the God of finance, the God of your job, the God of politics, the God of population, and the God of, of, of being popular, or you're going to say, no matter what, I'm going to serve God. That's where we need to be, Brother Jody. Sister Kaylee, that's where we need to be. As a young lady yourself, you have to make that decision. And you recently got saved, recently got baptized, and spiritually you made that decision. But I wonder today if every single day we might need to cross the line. Every single day we might need to say, God, I failed you. And God, I've kind of gotten away. I just want you to know I want to cross the line. I don't want to be on your side. Joshua, something, just a little side note. Joshua didn't go talking to his wife or his children. Joshua said, as for me, as the man of his house, and I'm not being chauvinistic, but he said, as for me and all of my house, we will serve the Lord. You want to know why churches and homes in this country is so bad? It's because, again, I'm not being mean this morning, uh, but the spirituality of the homes are dependent on oftentimes the mothers of homes instead of on the godly fathers. Look in here this morning. There's a handful of men and a double handful of women. Now, I'm glad you're all here. Don't misunderstand. But, Brother Jamie, I wonder if if the reason that there's such a lack of men that wants to work for God and wants to step across that line and do for God is because they've allowed the spiritual things in their homes to be controlled and dictated by the women or even their children. Brother John, you know this, having two children of your own and having grandchildren, when the parents allow the children to make the decisions in the home, you got some problems. And there are some folks that will let their children say, I want to go to this church because they have a playground. I want to go to this church because they have a program. I want to go and I want my children to go to this church because they have the Bible. Amen. I want to go to this church because we preach it. We sing it. We teach it. We can tear down those swings back there. It wouldn't bother me one bit in the world. We can tear down that volleyball court. It wouldn't bother me one bit in the world. But honey, if we ever lose sight of this and we lose sight of the cross, we may as well burn this church down because there's no need for it. There are many lines in this world, boundaries, if you will, that some, though they may be invisible, we we need to cross. There's a line where, where water turns to ice. There, there's a line where that water turns to steam, Brother Terry. There's a line where uh, the right becomes wrong. 
There's a, a line where good becomes bad between true and false, between pure and perverse. There are lines, Brother Jody, that we need to make sure, some we need to make sure we don't cross. But there is one this morning that we do need to cross. We need to cross that line and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So many, uh, Terry Sisney said this, so many times we have people in church that enjoy church. They want to come to church when they feel like it. They even contribute sometimes. But there's a major difference between contribution and commitment. It's true. It's true. There's a story. Maybe maybe you might find it funny. There was a chicken and a pig. Walking down a road together and they came across a restaurant. The chicken looks at the pig and says, I'm hungry. And the pig agrees and says, yeah, I'm hungry too. Then the chicken says, hey, I got an idea. I'd like to have some ham and eggs. I'm willing. How about you? The pig looks at the chicken and says, are you crazy? He said, for you, an egg is just a contribution. But for the ham, they need the whole hog. You see, there is a difference between a contribution and a commitment. You can contribute a little or you can be committed to God. You can contribute a little to God. I'm not talking about money. You can contribute a little bit to God or you can commit it to God. In our lives, we need to be committed to God. Number one, I want you to see some examples of crossing the line. I've got to hurry. Some examples of crossing the line. Throughout the scripture, God shows us men and women who cross the line. They, they left the safety. Listen, they left the safety of, of the stands behind them and they got down into the battlefield. They said, I'm going to stop looking at this thing from a distance. I'm going to get down there. I'm going to get dirty. I'm going to get on the battlefield and I'm going to serve him. Listen, what about Miss Deborah? You remember Deborah? She was one of the judges of Israel. Over there in Judges chapter number 4, two important things happened there. There was, a, there was one of the enemies of Israel. His name was Jabin. And Barak wanted so bad to fight Jabin. He wanted so bad to have the honor. He wanted so bad to say, I'm the one that defeated the enemy of God. And Deborah, being a, a, a judge, heard a word from God and essentially said, go ahead and pursue She crossed the line and said, there's safety over here. There's harm. There's difficulties. There's trouble. There's problems in trying to get the enemy of God. But if you truly want victory, you got to cross the line and go to it. And Deborah said, follow after him. She crossed the line. Brother Rick, she said, follow him. But, Brother Jim, she said, I want you to know that God's going to give the victory to a woman. God's going to give Jabin to a woman. You won't be able to take any pleasure in this. You won't be able to take any honor or glory in this. God's going to give 
Jabin, the enemy of God, to a woman. Same chapter, Judges chapter number 4, there was a, a lady by the name of Jael. J-A-E-L. And Jael was minding her own business. Barak was fighting with the people, uh, 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 the, the armies of uh, Sisera. And in that army of Sisera, he finally realized that he could not win. And he left his people to fight and ran and fled and came to Jael's tent. And Jael, Sister Cheryl, uh, came to the tent and said, what can I do for you? And he said, I need a place to lodge. I'm being chased. But don't tell anyone that I'm here. She said, come into my tent. She let him bed down. She covered him up. She essentially, Nathan said, can I do anything else for you? He said, I'm thirsty. And she warmed him up some milk, gave him some milk to drink and stood at the tent door. You know what else happened? When he got fast asleep, she took one of the tent pegs and a hammer and drove it through his temple. The Bible says she fastened it to the ground. She crossed a line that no one else. See, the backstory of that is they were in neutral, they were in neutral company. They weren't enemies with this one or that one. They just tried to get along with everybody. But she crossed the line because she knew that this man, Sisera, was an enemy of God. And she nailed it down. You see, there's no neutral ground in being a Christian. You're either for God or you're against Him. You can't try to ride. You Listen, we can try all day long to ride this line, but you're going to fall one way or the other. You're going to, listen to me, you're going to fall one way or the other. We need to make a decision to cross the line or not. And truthfully, the choice is up to you. If you want to come in on Sunday mornings or Sunday night or whenever you can make it and you can be here, but then you want to live like the devil, you want to live like the world, that's your prerogative. But I'm going to tell you something. There's judgment in that. There's judgment in it. You better be careful. Some examples of crossing the line. Deborah, jail. What about Elijah in First Kings chapter number 8? Elijah, he was up on the mountain. You've heard this before. I've preached about it myself. He was up on the mountain. All the gods of this world and the prophets of that God was was on one side of the mountain. They were jumping up and down, begging that fire would come down. He finally shut them up and he started rebuilding rebuilding the altar of God. He rebuilt it. Fire came down from heaven. And guess what? All of those prophets of Baal were killed. He crossed a line. He said, you either serve the prophets of Baal or you serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What about David? You remember David, just a little maybe preteen boy, teenage boy. He came out there and he seen the, the enemy of God, Goliath. And he said, listen, I don't know what y'all are waiting on. I don't understand why you're not fighting. But listen, if God helped me with the lion and the bear, I'm going to go fight. And he went out with five smooth stones and fought with Goliath. He crossed a line. He said, I'm going to kill Goliath or die trying. There might be some giants in our lives that we need to cross the line and say, I'm going to kill it or die trying. Hey. 
some instructions in crossing the line. John chapter 4, verse number 35. It says, Say ye not that there are yet four months, then cometh the harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. I want you to understand in this crossing the line that there are countless thousands and thousands upon thousands of people that are in the hands of the enemy. And as long as we're walking around in the enemy's territory, we're saying it's okay. We're saying you can live like you want to live. I'm a child of God, but I like this. I'm a child of God, but I like to party. I'm a child of God, but I like to drink. I'm a child of God, but I like to smoke. I'm a child of God, but I like to dip. I'm a child of God, but I like to cuss. I'm a child of God, but I like pornography. I'm a child of God, but I like women. I'm a child of God, but I like to go around with a bunch of men. Listen to me. You cannot, you cannot be a child of God and continue in those things. I know there's going to be some that disagree. But if I can be blunt, I do not care. It's time that the church, this church, I'm not talking about any other church. I'm talking about Miss Tony. I'm talking about this church. It's time that we say, I'm going to cross a line. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know what you're going to do when you do that? You're going to have to get rid of all those things that held you back. You're going to have the Bible says, I want you to cast in, cast aside all the weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. There's some things that are weighing us down. But unfortunately, there may be some sin that's holding us down as well. We got to get rid of it. We got to throw it aside. We got to get rid of it. Some instructions for cross the line. I believe that we need to reach the lost. There's so many people, they're living weak, shallow, selfish, stubborn, and carnal lives because they refuse to stand up for God. Instead of confronting the enemy and and bringing in the harvest, we were too often found hiding in a cave of self-indulgence. Anybody ever been in that cave? You think, wow, there's, there's solace in here. I don't have to face them. I don't have to fight them. I don't have to fellowship with them. I'm just by myself. But God calls us uh, to be about the Father's business and to get in the field and get in the harvest because it's ready to be picked. It's ready to be harvested. There's those strongholds of fear, of doubt, of But I wonder how long can we hide out while souls are being swept into eternity, going into hell. With a clear conscience, how long can we watch our friends? With a clear conscience, how long can we watch our family members, our, our fathers, our mothers, our sons and daughters? How off, how long can we stand aside and say, well, I hope they'll come to church one day. It's not about coming to church. Do you hear me? It's about getting that heart right with God. It's about repentance. It's about giving it over to God. It's about saying, God, I can't do it alone. You've got to help me. Amen. Wonder how long it'll be that we hide out in self-preservation. How long can we rest in ourselves in comfort and convenience while our loved ones are being destroyed? By the enemy. And he is an enemy. The devil is an enemy. He's the God of this world. He's the prince in the power of the air. 
He's like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. He doesn't just want to make you lame. He doesn't just want to maim you. He wants to devour you. Flesh, blood, and bones. He wants to destroy you. And can I say this? Not just young people. Every child of God is in danger of being destroyed by the enemy. The enemy is not too concerned about our sowing. He's not too concerned about the singing. He's not concerned about the shouting. All of our preaching, all of our teaching, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really bother him as long as we stay hid out in our caves. As long as it stays inside the four walls of this church. As long as we don't reach out and and with a fervent heart try to reach someone to God, it doesn't bother Him. As long as nobody gets saved, nobody gets healed, nobody gets delivered, nobody gets, uh, no marriages are restored, broken homes are not mended. As long as no one is filled with the Holy Ghost, there is no conviction of sin. As long as no one is convicted of sin, the devil's happy to let you do whatever you want to do as a Christian. Unfortunately, well, Jody, that's what so many Christians are. It's just a Christian in name only. They may be saved, but they're not working for God. They may be saved, but they're not getting out in the battlefield. I'm talking about crossing the line. Trying to give you some instructions in crossing the line. How can you cross the line? Sure, you can step over this, and I hope at the close of this, you will. But there's more than this physical uh, tape on the floor. you got to, in your heart and even in your flesh, cross the line and say, I know it's embarrassing sometimes to talk about God. I know it's uncomfortable. I understand that everybody will look at you and think you're crazy when you start talking about what God did in your life. But if you're going to cross the line in here, you got to cross the line out there. To be honest with you, Sister Tanya, that's where it really matters. Out there is where it really matters. Y'all still with me this morning? It's time to cross the line. Just give me a couple more minutes. I believe, I'm going to say this very carefully, but I believe there is a different if I could say this, a breed of Christian that's coming up. I've watched young people. I, I kind of got, I, I got blinded to it for 12 years because there was not a lot of, of meetings that I could go to. There's not a lot of things that I could see. But back in, what was it, January, we went up to Brother Stroud's meeting. I've seen hundreds of young people on fire for God. This week, I've seen young people on fire for God. Not all of them shouted. Not all of them praised God outwardly. But you can tell. Those young boys back there, they helped every single night because they wanted to do something for the Lord. Our young people helped every single day because they wanted to do something for God. Or it could have been because Mama told them to. But I really believe they had a desire to do something. They had a desire to be a part of it. Some of these young boys came up and said, what can I do next? We've got the chairs sitting out. What can I do next? 
Tyrone or whatever his name is back there, uh, Hunter, he said this morning, he said, what are you preaching today, preacher? I told him, he said, that sounds interesting. I hope by the time this thing's over, it will be. There's a different breed of Christians. Now, Brother John, you've been in this thing a lot longer than I am. I have. And I, I'm glad of that. And you've been a blessing to my heart. But brother, I'm going to tell you something. In my generation, my generation, I'm not talking about yours. I'm talking about mine. The boys that I grew up with, I seen them shout and fall away. I seen them get in it. I seen them weep and cry. But at the drop of a hat, they fell away. But I'm wondering if there might be a new Christian coming up in the ranks today that are so fired up, wanting to hear, wanting to feel, wanting to see something for God. And I believe today that there is a new Christian. And I don't think that they're one of those that just says, give me, give me, give me. I believe that some of our young folks that are coming up, even even like Miss Hannah's age and, and Abby's age and, and others, Miss Autumn's age, that are kind of a little bit older than like Nathan and Allie and Ashlyn. I believe that they, they've got something and they want to do something with it. They're tired of depending on somebody else to show them the right way. They're getting in there. They're studying. They're looking. Looking for God, they've crossed a line. And they've desired to hear and feel something from God. We have to cross the line this morning. We have to decide that we're tired of the status quo. We have to decide that we're we're tired of now. Y'all be y'all y'all be careful when I say this. We're tired of the way that it used to be. I get sick and tired of hearing about how it used to be. Do you realize the same God today was the same God yesterday? And the thousand years before that... And He'll be the same God a thousand years from now. The same God that blessed 20 years ago is the same God that blessed this week. The same God that blessed this week is the same God that can bless next week. I'm telling you, Brother Jody, oh, we need to get to the point where God is in our life, not was. Not will be, but where God is in our life. We need to get to the point where we're, and I believe some of the Christians are now. They have got to the point where they've heard the stories, but they want to feel it themselves. They love the brother Johns in their lives, and and they love the sister Mildreds in their lives, and they love the sister Nancys in their lives. And I'm trying not to be just pick on old people or anything, so I apologize. But they're they're tired of hearing those stories, and they want to feel it themselves. They want to feel that Holy Ghost. I think some of them felt that this week. And you know what that's going to do? That's going to take them through. When they get my age, when they get some of your age, they're going to look back and they're going to say, I remember that real good meeting we had at Lighthouse. How that God moved in there on a Wednesday night. How that the altars were full on that Wednesday night and that Thursday night. And how the man of God preached on Monday night and Tuesday night. And those singers got up there in the power of God and sang the glory down. I remember that. You see, for them to do that, they've got to cross a line. They've got to decide that the things of this world are in no comparison to what God has. 
Now, I'm going to stand up here and I'm not bragging, but I never have been much on what the world can offer. But Jody, I, did, I never drink. I smoked cigarettes just for a little while. It just, it just didn't cut it. I chewed tobacco for a little bit. I did, I did dip like Copenhagen skull. Did that for a little bit. Just didn't, just didn't really appeal to me. I smoked cigars and I'll be honest with you. If you light one up, I'd breathe it right now. I'm telling you, I love a cigar. But listen, hubby, beside all of that, brother Jamie, beside all those things, I never, never really did get caught up in what the world had. But sister Kim, when I felt what God could give, and I longed for it. First camp meeting I was in was probably in 1990, 1991. It was down in Florida. And there's people running the aisles. I mean, crazy, crazy people. I mean, just God was everywhere in that place and I wanted it. And I thought I was saved. Thought I was saved. That week of April, the same week that we just had ours, 27 years ago, God got in that place and God convicted my heart. And I got saved on that Friday after. Rick, I've been wanting it ever since. I've been wanting it ever since. I don't want what this world has to offer, Mamma Jane. I don't need it. It, it. It's not good. It's not lasting. But what God gives is everlasting. Amen. But you've got to cross the line to get it. You've got to cross over. You've got to say like Joshua. You've got to say like James. I'm established because I know God is coming. I'm established today. I'm not going to wait until tomorrow. I want to establish myself today and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Matthew 1230. I mentioned this earlier. The scripture says, he that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. We, today, we need to be with the Lord. If you're not with Him, you are against Him. If you've not crossed that line, you are still at enmity with God. After the fire fell there on Mount Carmel, they took all those false prophets and they slew them at the brook Kishon. The reason I say that this morning is because there's some things in our lives we just need to, we just need to lay it down. We just need to slay it. Apostle Paul, I believe it was, he says, I mortify my flesh daily. Our flesh needs to be laid down on the altar every single day. When you say, you know what? I'm not going to live today in the flesh. I'm going to live it for the Lord. I'm going to live it in the Lord. I'm going to cross that line. You've had this entire service, this entire message to decide what you're going to do. It's not a choice of whether you're going to be with me. It's not a choice of whether you're going to be with this church. I'm not asking for church membership. That's the least of my worries. I'm asking you today, what side are you going to choose? You need to stop. You need to choose if you're going to cross the line to be on the Lord's side or the world's. This morning, this afternoon, you see this line. I want to know where you cross it today. Will you gather in this altar 
Will you stand up in the face of Satan and on the side of the cross and say, I'm not going to live for you anymore, Satan. I'm not going to live for the world anymore. I'm going to live for God. I wonder today, will you testify to this church, but more importantly to God, that you are on His side. The altar is open this morning. Dear Father, we pray now that you would reach down and that you would touch us. I ask, Lord, that there would be folks today that would boldly come to this altar and say, I'm crossing that line. As for me and as for my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, I pray that today you would begin to establish people in yourself. I ask that today folks would say, you know, I'm tired of doing it my own way. I'm tired of doing it in my own flesh. I'm ready to give it all to you. God, there may be somebody here today, they've never been saved. And and God, they realize today, or maybe even this week, that they're lost and they're going to hell. God, I pray that they can cross that most important line of all eternity. That line from heaven and hell. That line of repentance unto salvation. God, we ask you today that you would allow Satan and allow all of the wiles of Satan to be barred from this place. God, I pray that every distraction, Lord, everything, Lord, that may come between that decision and that person, God, I ask you, God, that you would banish it today. I pray that you would allow us as a people of God to get on our face before you and purpose in our hearts that we're going to cross the line. Lord, if there's someone that needs to be saved, I pray that today they'll get on their face before God and they'll begin to call out to You. And they'll repent of their sin and they'll trust in that that You did on the cross of Calvary and cross the line into salvation today. God, we ask You to do a work. We thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Some are at the altar this morning. Maybe you need to come. We're not even, we're not even going to have a song this morning. If you need to come this morning, you come. And you just do business with the Lord. And I'll tell you this. It's not for us in the church to judge why people are in this altar. It's not for people in the church to wonder and to whisper and to start telling about things that they think is going on in this altar. What the question is this morning is will you put aside yourself and your pride and say no matter what, I'm going to cross the line. I'm going to, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to pray for my children. I'm going to pray for my grandchildren. I'm going to do what's right when everything else is wrong. I'm going to do what's right when everybody else is going a different direction. I want as a daddy, as a mother to come to this altar. I want to be able to come down and stand before God with a clear conscience and say, I've crossed the line unto God. Tired of serving myself. I wonder will you come this morning.